Welcome to Bite Size Little Marketing. I got Eric Vickery. Eric is the president of coaching at All-Star Dental Academy, and he is the taller, handsomer Eric, who I love to watch speak. <laughs> I, three or four times now. I I can't say enough amazing things, man. I, I've heard you speak a ton on growing a practice. Yes. I'm, I'm a 10, and I forgot the rest, but I'm, I'm a 10. That's all you need to know. You are a 10, mm -hmm, my friend. Mm -hmm. You absolutely are. Yeah. But there's a million strategies out there. There's a million coaches. There's a million philosophies. In your opinion, what are the two ways that a practice increases in valuation or in revenue or in production, whatever measure it is, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, the, the fact is there's only two ways to grow a practice, period. And if I ask the team, I do this often, I say, what are the two mm -hmm. ways to grow a practice? Number one, right out the bat, they got it. They say, new patients, pain-free dental marketing, right? We Sounds we, easy. We, it sounds so easy. We, we just get more new patients, we will grow the practice. That's number one. And then I say, well, what's the second way to grow a practice? They say, I think for a while, and they'll say, oh, overdue hygiene patients, get them in. I'll say, well, that's the same classification because we're going to call category number one, butts in seats. Okay. You need people in your practice to grow right now. There's also the law of diminishing returns. You, you ever seen a doctor trying to run four hygiene chairs, five hygiene chairs that, that that's not going to work either. So yeah, there is the unlimited growth of butts and seats, but at some point it kills you. <laughs> so there's a, there's a perfect number to get at and everybody's a little different there, but you got to have butts and seats to do it. So I'll say, okay, so those two categories are the same. What's a, what's the second way to grow a practice? And they'll say, ask for referrals. And I'll say, well, that gets you new patients that gets the same response right? Butts and seats. <laughs> the second, and every now and then someone will hit this. They'll hit a, they'll hit a home run off this. I'll lob one up there. They'll get it. I say, second way to grow a practice is what? And they finally get it. They say, you know, it's more, it's, it's doing dentistry. It's doing more dentistry per butt and seat. I think I would have said revenue per hour. Okay. So we call it production per, per production hour, per hour, right? Net production per hour or production per patient. Hmm. Both are important per, per hour is it trumps obviously, because you can see too many patients and drive that production per patient number down. You could not have enough patients and your production per patient could be really high, but your production per hour will be low, like cancellations, open time, not enough butts and seats. So we mm -hmm. actually want mm -hmm. both those numbers pretty even. That's a healthy place to be. You're not stressed out seeing too many patients, heart attack, all that sort of thing coming. Right. But, but we also know that you got to produce so much per sit down. Mm -hmm. and I, I'll use the analogy with doctors. Look, you want to do, I don't know, five crowns a day. Do you want to do that on five patients? You're going to do that on one or two patients. Or we'll use another analogy. I'll say, hey, you ever seen, you know, 20 patients in a day, you're exhausted at the end of the day and you look back at the production, you go, that's all we produced. So, but then mm -hmm. you see six, seven patients in a day. I mean, it's just a nice, easy day at the end of the day. And you go, wow, that's what we produced. And look at how healthy we got people. It's a huge win-win. So when you think about from a coaching standpoint and our KPI coaching that we do at All-Star, we think from that approach. Do you have enough butts and seats and do you know how to produce? Do you know how to get patients healthy during that mm -hmm. sit down? Okay. No, I think the biggest lie or the biggest mistruth that I hear a dentist talk about mm -hmm. is the patients in my area don't accept treatment. They just rather have me pull the tooth. Is that the biggest lie we hear? Yeah, because every single uh -huh. dentist says that in every single Every single area. dentist, every single yeah, dentist from, no, from New York to San Francisco to, yep. to, you know, Cleburne, Texas. Yes. I have clients in Arkansas, mm -hmm. Alabama, Oklahoma, 
Missouri, Florida, New York, Maine, uh, Minnesota. We were in Minnesota together, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Montana. We got clients everywhere. We have coaches from Alaska to Maine and everywhere in between. Mm -hmm. And every office says the same thing. Well, you don't know our patients. They just no, rather- You don't know my patients. Yes. So mm -hmm. is it true that patients say that? Probably. But is it just to your area? No. And mm -hmm. is there a way to solve that? Yes. But you have to have a system. So problem, so growth pattern two is, is in relationship to what you're talking about. What yeah. the problem is you have to have a system built around case acceptance. Well, you have to know what you're doing wrong sometimes and know how to do it right. And so with coaching, we're not scripting you. We're not, we're, we're teaching you systems on how to accomplish that. So let's back up a moment. Okay. Let's, let's just quickly move number one out of the way. Marketing, asking for referrals, right? Pay some money, external marketing, use pain-free dental marketing to get some, the, the phone to ring ask patients for referrals to hopefully create a buzz, get Google reviews. Right? These Make are sure you're reappointing people that you're not letting patients walk out the door. 95% sure. or higher reappointment rate for hygiene. All those things have to be done. But this is the point. If you're spending money or asking for referrals, doing all the social media, getting Google reviews, that will make the phone ring, but that's no guarantee that you schedule that patient that calls. Right. So the first thing you have to understand is butts and seats. What is your call conversion rate when a new patient calls your office? I implement this tracker or we, we use a system for understanding how good we are at that. And team members just, they just groan. They go, I got to track how good I am at my job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Sounds so bad when I say it that way, but they will literally roll their eyes when I give them our new patient call tracker. And I say, how many phone yeah. calls are you getting from new patients and how many of them are you scheduling? Okay. If, if you are willing to measure it, you will have an opportunity to improve it, <laughs> right? What you measure, you improve. So that's the first thing I would say is you got to have a system for how to schedule new patients when they call in. At All Star, we use the great call process. And I will tell you, 64% of the time, team members simply don't ask the patient if they want to schedule. So when we do great, G-R-E-A-T, the A is ask for the appointment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it has a flow to it. There's a reason it's there and not somewhere else. And most administrative people just get in the habit of taking a phone call. You'll physically see a response. They're taking care of something in the office administratively. I'll be there observing. A coach will be there observing. The phone will ring and there'll be a physical reaction to that phone ringing. Oh. No, it just represents more work to them. It's an interruption. A new patient. Yeah. It's an interruption when it is the lifeline to growing a practice and you have to treat mm -hmm. it as such. So when you pick up that phone, I'm a big Disney world guy. You pick up the phone. When I call, they say, welcome home because they know me so well. I suppose I'm a, I'm a Disney vacation club member. So they say, welcome home, Mr. Vickery. Like it's like they knew I was like, they were so happy. I called. I'm not an interruption. Mm -hmm, so the mm -hmm. first thing you have to, you talked about being a 10, the first thing you have to overcome is your mindset when it comes to new patients calling your practice. Second thing is, do you have a system that gives you a success rate for converting new patient callers? Because mm -hmm. I can throw all the money at pain-free dental marketing in the world, but if my team isn't built on converting new patient calls, number one, we're going to fail. Game over. Can't even yeah. get a step. No, the, the number one reason that we lose accounts is not mistakes or personality fits or someone didn't value marketing. It is, we are, we are driving phone calls mm -hmm. and those phone calls are not converting to new patients. Okay. 
I get it. Number one reason. What is the percentage you see? Do you, do you have a statistic on success rate for scheduling new patient calls across the board? Or a before and after? Yes. Uh, For a fee for service office, Mm -hmm. uh, we see somewhere between 50 to 60% Mm -hmm. of calls scheduled. Wow. Do you give them a goal of what you want them to schedule? I, I would love it to be, you know, north of 70, 75. I would say, just, 80, I would say 80, 85. Okay. So we're, yeah, we're close. And, and some, yeah. some do, some do. Yeah. Now I, I think when you, I think the Delta may be when you kick off some of the channels that we kick off on Facebook and Instagram and Google, you're going to go through a vision period to where you may be driving some, some, some patients, not from areas that want a fee for service dentist mm. that, 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 you know, you're going to, you're going to go through a period of tire kickers mm-hmm. to, to hone in your audience. But I, sure. I do, I, I don't hate your number. I, I just have never seen it. Yeah. Um, so you've PBO, never seen anyone get to 80, 85% of total calls mm. in call rail. No, no, that, that'd be pretty. No, I've seen it high. 75%. Sure. Okay. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to, but typically I see it around 50 to 60% for a okay. fee for service office. So think about that number. Now a, PP, a PPO office, I have seen it very, very it's high. It's going to be high. Okay. So yeah. think about that number from a, let's, let's quantify that dollar. Okay. New, mm-hmm. new patient value. What would you give a new patient value? In a year or a lifetime? Just, a, just you pick, I don't care. I would say a new patient's probably worth $700 in a year. Okay. So we use 900. It's about, it's a, it's about the value of two cleanings and half a crown in a okay. practice. Okay. So it's annual value, lifetime value, 4,500. I'll go, I'd say five, but okay. Okay. Let's say 5,000. Okay. So we, you, you can use either one. Let's say a practice is getting 10 new patients a month, pretty low. Okay. They're getting 20 calls a month and they're not scheduling 10. Mm-hmm. If we could just get five of those per month at, at annual value, mm-hmm. right? That's 5,000 a month, 60,000 a year. Yep. That's pretty, pretty okay. But lifetime value at 5,000, right? That's 25,000 a month. That's 300,000 a year. Is that math right? <laughs> it's late in the day. I think I that's right. I, I think it's close. Yeah. I think it's close. Let's say it's $300,000 a year for five new patients Mm-hmm. a month that we didn't convert the value is a minimum of $60,000 that year to $300,000 over probably the next 4 or 5 years compound that every single month every single mm-hmm. year okay right and and they're inter- they're bringing new patients in cuz you you're hopefully referring, giving them an amazing referring, experience referring. right they're a new vine they're a mm-hmm. new branch mm-hmm. in your practice mm-hmm. absolutely so the first thing i would say is get your mind set right on the phone call it's very important number 2 get a system that trains you to say okay this is the choice this is how we're going to do it this is an effective way to do it and we've seen it be effective if you use the system okay caveat inside that ask for the appointment. You want to walk away with this one simple thing you can do is say, how do you feel about going ahead and getting your first visit scheduled in our practice? You want to walk away with something from this podcast, from this Mm -hmm. meeting, walk away with just simply getting to a place on your phone call where you can say, how do you feel about moving forward and getting your first appointment scheduled in our practice? Just start asking that question. It's very open-ended. There's no pressure. Nobody should feel awkward with that. Does that make sense? It it does make sense, but I have a question. Sure. It feels crazy to me mm-hmm. that people don't ask for an appointment. I know. Cause you why, know why, why, why you know not? why? Cause, cause you're used to being in sales. People, people go into dentistry to try to avoid sales and they don't recognize the fact that every profession requires sales. Mm. Even the pastor selling Jesus. So we all have something to sell. It's a communication 
experience. So are you buying what I'm selling? Are you, mm -hmm. are you, are you picking up what I'm laying down here? And selling requires asking questions. They don't have to be pressure filled. You do not have to say, do you see any good reason why you wouldn't want to go ahead and get that new patient schedule, new patient visit schedule today? You don't have to do that. That's pressure filled. You can ask nicely, politely and say, how do you feel about moving forward with this? And get right. a whole different response and immediately improve your results. Make sense? So, yeah, it does. So, okay. so what, what you're saying is 66% of the time, or I think you said somewhere 64. in the 64. Thank you. Listen, 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 70% of all statistics are made up on the spot. So you're, you're right. In line I, was, I was close enough for government work. 64% right. of, of, of people in dentistry don't ask for the appointment. They see th say things like, all right, you're all set. We'll see you next time. Go up front. She'll get you scheduled. Do you have any questions for me? We say stupid stuff like that. Okay. So you're talking about in person and on the phone? Or Doesn't matter. About, okay. Either way. I see. Yep. I see. In I see. dentistry. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's a wildly, that, that number is just crazy. Two thirds. But, Almost two thirds of yeah. the time, we don't ask for the appointment. So you, the simple transition is start asking. And what mm -hmm. it'll force your administrative team member to do is I got to get into a place where I'm comfortable enough to asking you for the appointment because I'm not going to lead with that question. That's awkward. Hi, how are you doing? How about mm -hmm. we go ahead and get your appointment scheduled? That doesn't make sense. That's why it's in that sequence. That's why there's a flow to it in the great call gotcha. process. Gotcha. So I build enough. Now it forces me to say, okay, if I got to get to a place where I ask, then I'm going to have to build some rapport with you. I'm going to have to engage right? I'm going to have to get to that place where we have enough relationship. So it's not transactional. Mm. So butts and seats yes. is summarized right. as new patient calls, getting new patients in, uh, reappointing patients, you know, solving your cancellations that come in, making sure that you're, you're, you're getting your schedule full working yeah. your days, right? So, so overdue hygiene, all of the, all of the activity around getting a person in the practice, That's keeping right. the schedule full. That's right. I love it. Yes. It's about asking the patient to come in. There's sure. a request there. Mm -hmm. We don't even call the patient. How could we ask them? So you want to get a system in place today to get butts and seats, learn to ask questions. And number two <laughs> is make sure that while they're there, we're getting them as healthy as possible in as few visits as possible. In hygiene, you're a one-to-one -one ratio. You're one, one patient per hour. That's the goal. If you don't get any cancellations, you got eight hours, you got eight patients and you're producing somewhere between 175 north of 175 per visit, 175 per hour. If your cancellation rate is along the national average of 33%, you're going to struggle to hit that. You're going to be well below that. If you're succumbing to the pressure of in-network PPO insurance plans, you're going to have a 42% reduction of that. You're going to struggle there too. Sure. So our KPIs are going to monitor that number for you in hygiene. And what do you do in the hygiene visit to get to that number? All sorts of things that we offer there. Now, shift to the doctor side for a moment, okay? The minimum there, that one patient per hour ratio, doctor works about 110 hours a month, sees about 100 to 110 patients, produces $500 minimum per hour per patient. So $53,000 a month, that's the minimum. If you're not at that minimum mark, we got some great <laughs> quick improvement yeah. to do there, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're already over that mark, now you're just challenging yourself to say, okay, what's my five to 10% growth every year to get better and more effective and efficient at that? Congratulations. <laughs> I have a doctor uh, on the East Coast. She's, she's producing $333 an hour per patient on the doctor side. I, I have a doctor on the West Coast producing $1,100 per patient per hour. Both, yeah. both are very highly trained skilled technicians. The question you have to ask yourself is what's the difference? Number one, mindset. One has a lot of belief in themselves. Mm-hmm. 
confidence. Right? That, that confidence, that 10 in their forehead. It's not wavering. The patient's not picking up on that lack of confidence. Number two, they have a system that they're following for case acceptance. They have a structured format. They have a team built around it and they follow a protocol, yeah. a system, not scripting, a system for getting case acceptance. Mm -hmm. So how do you know, to give you another example, have an associate, okay, and in this practice and the senior doctor's going, this, this associate's not producing. Well, uh, there, there's something wrong with the case acceptance. Well, they're going through all the training. The team's all the same. Everything should be the same. What's going on? Well, come to find out when it all boils down to it, senior doctors taking patients off the associate schedule, putting on senior doctor schedule to fill his schedule and then complaining that there's not enough production happening in the associate schedule, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you have to dig deeper in the numbers sometimes to see what's working. So we put a case presentation tracker in place. Yeah. And so this will tell you if you're getting enough dentistry per sit down. And so I'll often ask patients, and, and let's see what, what your perspective on this is too. I'll be curious, what should our case acceptance percentage be? And so if I ask you that, what's your feedback on that? What do you, what do you oh, perceive gosh. there? Yeah. I mean, I want it to be a hundred percent. I know, I know. a hundred percent. I know. Okay. I, I want it to be a hundred because, okay, I will tell you my philosophy. Okay. No. And, you know, you, we, we talked a lot, but it's, it's interesting as you're talking, it triggered another emotion that I, I don't want to spend too much of time on, but like, do you know, one of the red flags that we have when we start talking to a new client hmm. is when they throw out, I want to see 180 to hundred new patients a month. I, I, it literally scares me mm -mm. of no. like, what in the world? would you actually what do, would you do with that with that like I, you're only gonna, you're only able to see a hundred patients a month as it is if you saw a hundred new patients at two hundred dollars a new patient you'd you'd go under oh i'll put them on hygiene yeah well same difference or, you got to do the cleanings at some point yeah and the other thing that that red flag is you know i like one doctor to have two hygiene chairs mm -hmm. three starts to see a decline in that that and, and i'm now i'm, I'm circling back around to your question into the effectiveness because now you've given up so much time to connect with those patients right. when you do say, Hey, Eric, you know, I, I, you know, I've been in through the x-ray and I've been monitoring this. We've mm. talked about it a couple of times. It's time to put a crown on that. Mm. Here's, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. Um, you know, we, we can move, you know, the only reason I want a hundred percent case acceptance is I have, I believe that I want to be taken along the emotional journey. And if you've been patient with me and you've taken me along the emotional journey, why would I, it, it should be a hundred percent. Okay. So let's dive into this. Most people don't know this number. They have a feeling, but they don't know this number. And I'll ask this question. Go, oh yeah. 80, 85%. I would have guessed 85. Okay. That's what most people are thinking. 22 years of this. I finally figured out a few years ago that there's actually two numbers you have to know. Okay. 85% of what? Because if I were interviewing two treatment coordinators for the position and one tells me I get hundred percent case acceptance every mm -hmm, month, mm -hmm, the other mm -hmm. one tells me I get 60% case acceptance of every month, which one are you going to hire? hundred percent. You think, you think, you find, sure. And then you find out, you say, well, what's the dollar amount you're presenting hundred percent lady. And she says, oh, I present $5,000 a month. I get all of it. And the one who's getting 60% presents a hundred thousand a month. Which one do you want? back to mindset and confidence to mm -hmm. deliver that. Now, if you're presenting $119,000 a month and you're getting 13,000 scheduled, that's not a confidence problem. That's a verbal skill problem. That's a communication problem. 
And there's a system for that. Case acceptance training has a process. And so to get to the numbers we want, we track two. We say we want 80% of the people scheduling something. And we want 60% of the dollars that have been presented scheduled. Mm. So okay. we track both of those numbers to make sure we do that. And if we're not getting that, we have a whole list. And there's a follow-up call on who's not doing what. And our doctors can look at that with their treatment coordinator and say, all right, we're going to follow up with these people. What's my virtual, you know, follow-up consultation like? What's, when are they coming back to see me in hygiene? What's the next step? There's always got to be a next step. If there's no next step, they didn't not accept treatment. They canceled you, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're moving on. You have bad mojo. You didn't connect with them. You didn't build rapport. So yeah. we are, we are in the tooth industry, but we're in the relationship business. And so when we work on relationship management sales with our clients, it's all to fix those two numbers, 80, 60. That makes sense. It does. In fact, okay. we often tell our clients that in it, we are very clear about you're hiring a marketing team, but I am not selling Invisalign. I'm not selling implants. I'm not selling all in fours. I'm not selling prepless veneers. <laughs> I can get you patients interested in them, but I am really selling a connection between you and a an prospective patient. An opportunity. And you're going to have to take it home because yeah. I, I promise you that the guys out there that are doing, you know, 30 arches a month or mm. seven full mouth reconstructions a month, they, 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 in the beginning, and for some period of time before they built up social proof and had the confidence to do it and became sought after, they did it by making a connection with patients and demonstrating excellence and very strongly developing the trust to do it. And, and that's what it's about. We are in the relationship business. That's right. And you, you mentioned the keyword trust. Mm -hmm. And if, if you can build that trust to a place in your communication style where they're actually hearing what you're saying, they really believe you, they like you, they trust you, they want you to have a connection with them, you develop relationship with them, they're more likely to pay attention to what it is you're talking about and be open-minded to it. But if they don't understand it and you don't have a connection to why they would want to get it taken care of, you're missing opportunities to get people healthy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. our system's all built around, <clears throat> excuse me, our system's all built around finding what the patient wants and why, and then also allowing a co-diagnosis experience to happen. So the patient has the inspiration to want to get it taken care of. They don't, we're not trying to tell people what they need to do. That's a four letter word need. We're really providing a solution to something that they wanted. And that's where you can get larger case acceptance on a regular basis. When you follow that system, yeah. our coaches are amazing at teaching this. Yeah. Man, Eric, it is always a pleasure to get to speak to you. I, I aspire to be taller with more hair and more handsome. I just want to be but as I'm a 10. awesome as you. I but just I'm want to be 10. as awesome as you. So yeah, hey, I, I really appreciate you. I noticed you have a, a tattoo on your finger. Does that stand for Andre? The, the A. Uh, Anaheim. Don't tell, Amigo. don't tell Abby it stands for Andre. Yes. It stands for Abby Andre. It stands for Andre. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. No, thank you for being on. And that was your bite of dental marketing.